Good afternoon. Today is Sunday, December 6th, and this is your Alaskan COVID-19 breakdown brought to you by Iron Asylum. Today, Alaska saw 756 new cases, down from Saturday's record of 933. Today sees the municipality of Anchorage clocking in with 367, Kodiak Island Borough with 30, Valdez Cordova Census Area with 4, Denali Borough with 1, Fairbanks North Star Borough with 35, Southeast Fairbanks Census area with one, Matsu Borough with 205. The Nome Census area has one, with the North Slope Borough clocking in at 22. Northwest Arctic Borough sees two, while the City and Borough of Juneau clocks in with just three. Ketchikan's Gateway Borough comes in with one, as well as the Sitka City and Borough and the... Aleutians West Census Area getting on the board with one apiece. Bethel Census Area sees 19 with the Bristol Bay Lake and Peninsula coming in with two. Kusilvac Census Area comes in with three. Locally, we're looking at 52 in the Kenai Peninsula. And that number locally translates to 20 in Soldatna, 17 in Kenai, 8 in Homer, 2 in Nikiski, 1 in Anchor Point, and 1 in Fitz Creek. Remember to wash your hands and don't lick doorknobs. This public service announcement was brought to you by Iron Asylum. Open 24 hours a day. Give them a call at 907 953 for more information. Have a great day. Get out there, kick today's ass, and don't let it kick yours. Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woken Baked. And today, I got to sit down with my buddy Jake. Jake is also a boxing coach, so we had the opportunity to talk about a bunch of different things, up to and including Pauli Malinaji. If you are not familiar with Pauli Malinaji, he is at one point, he was a boxing champion. He was also the training partner of Conor McGregor while Conor was prepping for his fight with Floyd Mayweather. Anyway, Conor's camp released some unflattering footage of Pauli Malinaji, which some people would view as a wee bit disrespectful. Anyway, for listeners of the show in the Kenai Peninsula area, stop by Kenai Kombucha, mention the podcast, and get 10% off. There you go. That's it. Just go into the go in, get yourself some kombucha. Let them know, hey, I heard about this on Wokenbig. Can you can you hook me up? They're like, yeah, I'll give you 10% off. Boom. It's that simple. All right. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy the music courtesy of DJ Allegiance. GorillasInTheTrunkMusic.com is the website. It is available for free, free, free. I find it very disappointing that the banks will get a multi-trillion dollar bailout. But when we're in the middle of what could could actually be a pandemic, like regardless of how you feel about it, it was a legitimate health scare that we couldn't take that same money and just say, okay, we're going to put everything on pause until we figure out what's going on here. 
Now, if they were wrong, fine. Like, you know, like it was no big deal. That's a bummer. Like we shut down the economy, but it's recovered. Everything's fine. Uh, if it actually was a legitimate health scare and they're like, well, yeah, but we need, we need Barbara to go back to work at the McDonald's. So, you know, I can go get my chicken nuggets. Um, and she's got to pay a rent. Like, I feel like that is the purpose of the government. If we're going to have a government, it needs to be in those moments where there's a crisis and we got to figure stuff out and we need logistics. It, it seems like that would have been a good time to have the adult in the room. Yeah. However, we, uh, you and I have talked about this on the, politi- on, on the podcast, you far more than I have, but um, the pandemic was politicized. Um, Absolutely. Never, never let a good crisis go to waste. Right. It's, and that's, that's where we are and that's where we've been and that's what we're doing. Like, that's how we're reacting to things. We have people getting sick. We have people dying. We have people afraid. And rather than getting any answers, what we got was a lot of a lot more questions and a lot more reasons to distrust the people who are telling us that we we should listen to them. We have people we elected. People we elect, yeah. And we know who we elected. That's the other thing, right? Is we know who we actually elected. We know that locally, these are the people that we voted for. So whatever happens, that's what happens. And we know what we are getting. And and we know who we're getting. Um, And because we've kept these same people in office since, you know, 73rd of February or or since forever, forever you worry. Um, Spring break is what I call it. Yeah, it's the longest spring (laughs) break. It's the longest spring. Yeah. Um, But we know who we've got. Like, we know who we elected into those positions. We know who we voted for and we know who we've been voting for. So our response to this shouldn't be any bit of confusion all right we we got you know these people making decisions whether it's nancy pelosi whether it's people that that you may not have voted for that are in a completely different part of the world but these are the people that those people have voted for and they know who they who they're getting right so how you see nancy pelosi those aren't how people who voted for her in california see her they see her as whatever they want to see her as yeah, the cat in the background is going to distract me. I can't. I can't not pay attention to a cat. Like it's, it's just impossible. <laughs> that's all right. That's why I got two of them, just to keep you entertained. That's the only reason. That's the only reason we're still friends. Is that's I, I got a an increasing number of. Cats. I didn't say we were still friends. Oh, okay. Well, at least we're honest about that. <laughs> the, um. Oh, what a. Uh, I I want a preemptive pardon so bad, like because I know I'm gonna fuck up at some point in my life, but just to have that get out of jail free card, like if you had a if you had that preemptive pardon for something you may do in the future, yeah. What's your crime of choice? That's a rough one. Um, yeah, it's like no. asking what's your favorite color. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a tough choice because you end up coming up with is it blue? Is it red? Is it green? Oh man, I really like this particular shade of green. What about this hue of blue? I don't know. I don't know. That's mostly for women. Like guys are like it's blue, and they're like you mean you mean like you mean like a like a light blue. It's like oh, the blue blue, the one with the color in it. I like navy blue and hunter green. See, with my luck, with my luck, I would use it on the jaywalking ticket I get, and then next week kill a man and be like, ah, oh, dang it. I should have paid the $75 fine. Maybe arson. Arson? Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, I got to find some shit I actually want to burn down to the ground. Like, but it's had to be, it has to be, it ha- have to be a, the burning of something that, that, has absolutely zero value to me. Um, but but sim, sim, symbolic at the same token. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't want to burn down somebody's business. Um, I don't want to. I would hate to burn down like a like a barber shop or something, or like a like a sandwich shop or or whatever. Oh, the, no, I would. I would do. I would the hot dog stand lady. I would burn down her place just because the irony of it, and it would cost like seventy five bucks to replace it. Well, the problem with burning down the hot dog uh, lady's place is that it's actually inside of the mall. So you risk damaging uh, the archery place. You risk damaging Yo Tacos. If it gets really out of hand, you risk damaging uh, GNC, the CBD place, and AK-49 Combat Sports, all located in the Peninsula Center Mall. And you should all go to the Peninsula Center Mall to get your supplements or your something. Or uh, there is... um, just walk around. The place is cool. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I what you probably actually happens down. What probably happens is she ends up with like even like a new brand of hot dog. She's like the here's the my my place has been burned down hot dog, and people pay a fortune for those. Oh yeah, extra smoked. <laughs> Shout out to the hot dog lady. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not gonna waste my pardon on burning your place down. I'm gonna do that one for free. <laughs> um by the way, just open in the Peninsula Center Mall. I gotta gotta shout them out. Yo tacos. Really? Yo tacos. Yeah. Look, there's a cat. I know I was gonna say I can't like oh oh and it does it's doing the little like little thing, the cat thing. But um no yo uh yeah, we should hit up Yo Tacos. We should just, we should have a challenge where, like, how many tacos can we eat while each other are trying to slap them out of our mouths? Where would we do that? We couldn't do it inside the restaurant. They wouldn't allow it. And if we did it outside, the, the cool thing about that is because it's so cold outside, it's going to freeze to the concrete. And so people can see that we, you know, like the, the remnants of our competition uh, frozen to the ground. Yeah, I, um... I just want like we should get a remote for this. Have a live broadcast. Oh, we should. Absolutely. Bill and Jake slap the shit out of each other with a mouthful of tacos. <laughs> Why not? There's a oh, you've seen the Russian slapping contest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those are great. Those are wonderful. I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy the, the slapping contests. Uh, they're so much fun to watch. I like watching the guys with uh, like the eyeball tattoos 
uh, getting in slapping contests with the guys who are like power lifters, like your your steel Mayhands and your like your Brandon Millers of uh, of the community getting into a slap boxing con- uh, slap boxing contest with a with a kid who's 115 pounds with face tattoos. I want to see that. Maybe we should work on making that happen. We could we could sell T-shirts. Um, yeah. How many people think? Comment down below if you uh, if you're interested. I mean, if you're like I, I, I actually, you know what? If you want to travel from Guadalajara or Panama or Australia or New Mexico or like Sterling and enter into a, a like just a slapping contest. If you know a Guadalajaran power lifter, <laughs> we we might be able to to get some sponsors for the Guadalajaran uh, um, uh, power lifter to come up here and and slap some of our uh, uh, our, our hundred and five pound uh, face tattoo people. But we've also got some big face tattoo people. Uh, shout out to Sea Legs. The um. Yeah, I was originally I was going to talk about the weirdness of Biden's uh, cabinet picks, but like the slap boxing thing has gotten way more interesting. Yeah, it's way more fun. Uh, realistically, like we can talk about uh, really rich and powerful people who aren't going to change anything that that really probably aren't going to do anything to to help. What we are going to be able to uh, um, to do is affect real change in our community and one of the ways that we can do that is we can do a slapping contest yeah we can like you know like margaritas and you know surround everyone at say like a place like the duck inn get a nice little table in the middle and uh have our guadalajara and um championship weightlifter you know what we should try to get we should try to get one of the champions of the slap boxing and allow the people of our community it's like it's like when you when you go to the fair and you buy the three balls to try to dunk the celebrity here's your chance you get to slap the champion slap boxer but he gets to slap you back do you have the balls for that Like, how much of an Alaskan man are you? <laughs> and what if you take him out? But more importantly, how much would you pay to watch that? Because that's is really going to come into the decision making on this process. A hundred percent. You particularly. So, so if we're going to watch, and and Power Plant Productions tickets, the, the tickets are typically around like twenty bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're talking about flying one dude, maybe his girlfriend. Um, he probably has a manager and a trainer that has to come. No, 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 not this dude. Not, not, not this dude. Um, he's the real deal. Slapping McSlapperson. So, um, typically, like, okay, so. When when guys like that travel, like powerlifters and stuff, they'll bring a girlfriend, something like they don't necessarily like bring a trainer. They're not going to bring their guy with them. So like they're they're I don't know. Maybe they would. This is a, this is a competition. 
right? So, so maybe he does bring his trainer. Maybe, you know, like, I mean, um, Mike Tyson did bring a boxing coach on, uh, kidding. on the weekend. Um, so, so in that case, yeah, maybe he does bring a trainer. Maybe, maybe it's just him and a trainer. Uh, but maybe he's like, they've got nothing for me in uh, Kenai and I'm just going to go there and slap them. I'll bring my girlfriend though. She'll, she'll, she'll appreciate Alaska. Um, you know, having, having been a coach and traveling around the world, uh, not around the world, but around like the state and uh, other states. Um, the one thing that always I thought was hilarious was they, the, the um, fighters always bring their wives or their girlfriends or their significant others. And like, they left you with like the, yeah, well, you know, like maybe I could chip in on the ticket. <laughs> and if I was a fighter and I was going in to fight, like the one person I would want with me is the person that knows how I fight and knows the game rather than the person I fight with the, mo the most before I try to do anything for myself. So Mike Perry, Platinum Mike Perry, um, UFC fighter, uh, I believe it's his last two fights, has brought in his girlfriend as his cornerman. But he's also saved money by doing that. And she probably riles him up. Like he's, you know, you think in between rounds, he, he like when he walks out at the end of the round, he knows he's got nothing to lose. There's <laughs> nothing he's coming home to. <laughs> The other thing is that in the back of your mind, maybe that's like this real fear. Like, what if this dude beats my ass and takes my chick? Why don't I just bring my chick? You know, um, there's actually uh, Adrian Broner and Holly Malinaji. Um, It was an interesting fight. Um, but uh, the Holly Malinaji's girlfriend ended up showing up to the ring with Adrian Broner, his opponent. And this was a, this was like a, a big, like HBO, like it was a huge main event. Um, and after, after Adrian Broner beat him, he said, not only did I take your belt, I took your girlfriend. And, um, and Malinaji like loses his mind. He's like, dude, why are you, why you got to be saying that about my side piece? Like it was, it was an ordeal. It was epic. Um, I will <laughs> send you a link for down below. Now, send me the link. Cause I want to watch that today. Yeah, it was um, Adrian Broner was uh, he, a lot of people thought he was going to be the next Floyd Mayweather, um, which he wasn't. Um, but uh, Pauli Poly Malinaji, he uh, credit to him, he fought in the bare knuckle division, and yeah. he's a wonderful comment commentator. He fought Artem Lobov bare knuckle. Now Artem Lobov <laughs> is a training partner of Conor McGregor. So I don't know if you are familiar with the uh, the static between Conor McGregor and Pauli Malinaji. So um, for yes. those so for those of you at home who are not. Uh, Pauli Malinaji was a brought out as a sparring partner to help uh, Conor McGregor train for uh, Floyd Mayweather. Now, yes. there, lost. Uh, 
Um, clearly, Malinaji was not the not the quality training partner they expected. Uh, but there were there were some photos and, and maybe a little bit of video that was put out that made Paulie look not so great in in the sparring. Um, and they did that at the expense of Paulie. You know, like Paulie looks bad if you put mm-hmm. pictures of like of this this um, you know boxer. Uh, on his ass after sparring with Conor McGregor, right? It makes it, it makes Conor McGregor look good, but it makes Paulie Malignaggi look really bad. And that's a guy you brought out there to help him train. So, you know, so I, and uh, that so, would be why you would feel a certain way. Paulie Malignaggi might feel like he gets regularly disrespected. And, you know, and I think he always did. Like one thing to remember about uh, Malignaggi was um he was he was the champion and there is you know it's not easy to get on top um and he i think i think when he was on top um he was undefeated at like 30 um i think his first defeat came to ricky from ricky hatton which you know the hitman's my guy um almost named my child the hitman um but uh, Holly Malinaji was like, he was like 29 or 30 uh, wins with only like four or five knockouts. So he has no power. He just outboxes everybody. Um, I think when you put a guy that has no power in with an MMA fighter, an MMA fighter is like, oh, dude, I'm just walking through these punches to hit you. So I think it was a terrible choice. Um, I think boxers in the back of their mind are concerned about points. Okay. You know, they're like, did I win the round? Did I win the round? Did I win the round? Like, I hear that all the time. Um, And the answer is always no, by the way. Just so everyone out there, if you're a boxer and you come back and you're asking if you won the round, you didn't. Um. Why? But uh, so Polly Malignaggi, in a way. Why would you tell them uh, that they lost the round? Explain that from a coach's perspective, but ask, answer it after you explain who Polly Malignaggi was. Okay. Is. So I think what, what Polly Malignaggi has accomplished is very incredible for um, his very light hands. Um, I think bare knuckle boxing was a terrible idea for him because he's fragile. Um, I do, uh, I think he was used as a promotional device by the McGregor camp. And I find that like you had mentioned, I find it a little disrespectful in in the sense of you brought him in to train your guy and then you used him to make your guy like to sell the fight. McGregor got a little, got a couple extra bucks out of that fight than than Malinaji got being in that camp. Um, I don't know. There's a, like a level of respect. I will say though, I think Malinaji is one of the best commentators that uh, for boxing that I've heard. He's got such a he's and the only reason he could go undefeated in however many fights that was and have the title without any knock, almost no knockouts. Uh, is because he has an actual understanding of the intellectual side of of the sweet science. You know, you don't you don't not knock people out 
and win a title unless you're really good at boxing. You know, if you have no power and you're winning, you understand the fundamentals very well. With that, I don't like uh, – moving on to the, your next question. I don't like um, – I try to be as honest as possible with my fighters. You can see me on uh, – what is it? Fight Pass, whatever the UFC thing is. Uh, you, you can see some of my experiences on there. I, I'm never dishonest with my fighters, but I'd never want them to become complacent. Like if they won around uh, like dominantly, um, it will definitely be like, okay, good round. Keep doing what you're doing. If it comes in close, they've lost that round. And if they have to ask me, like, did I win that round? I'm never telling them they won that round. If they didn't confidently come out of that round, knowing that they won, like they didn't do enough. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, by the way, like um, disclaimer, put it, we'll put it in the comments down below. Um, none of my fighters are allowed to listen to that portion of this podcast. Um, that's heavy. Good morning. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so um, Joe Biden's cabinet. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. I'm done. I'm done. I'm I done. don't either. It's so boring. It's so boring. It's absolutely boring. By the way, uh, I feel like I can drop this uh, this bomb. We do have a, a regular guest who's going to be coming on to join us, um, and she is going to be giving us our civics lessons. Oh no! We've got we've got someone who's going to be paying attention to local politics, so we don't have to, sir. But can we nod and agree like we like like we're like we're informed but also inquisitive? I think that we have an obligation to. We might actually have to put on our fancy pants. We might have to put on some some cheap suits when we do these Zoom interviews, sir. We might have to look good. No more naked Zoom interviews? No, no, no. We can still do those, but not necessarily with yeah. with the civics one. We can absolutely do with every time a that we interview a nudist or um, or the Amish. Uh, we 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 can do that naked <laughs> because you know well the Amish aren't going to see us. I was really fond of our like our um, naked sauna podcast, but I'm like I can't I can't afford another computer after melting the last six of them. Yeah, they but you know what got a lot out of them. We can make that one work too. We we'll figure that one out. We'll figure out we'll figure out the Sonicast. We will figure out the Sonicast. We got it. We we are we've got the civics lesson coming up. That's going to be brought to us by a previous guest of the podcast, Miss Jana Beach. So it's going to be informative. Has she forgiven me? Um, apparently, apparently, <laughs> apparently. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. But yeah, Ms. Jonna Beach yeah. is going to be joining us. I'm, I'm very excited about that. She's always fun and informative. And oh, she, yeah, yeah, no. she cares about policy. She doesn't care about people. She cares about policy. Not to say she doesn't care about politi- uh, po- uh, people. She doesn't care about politicians. She cares about policy. You have a baby. 
Is this a new one? Hey, I'm gonna edit out my wife, and he's just gonna drop in here in the video. (laughs) If you could edit him, actually, literally, like dropping in, like Spider Man, (laughs) just like you just caught him as your wife screaming. Do it when we're talking about the arson thing. You burned your house and she threw her baby down. (laughs) Sorry, baby. I got a (laughs) pre-pardon. I had to use it. There's an expiration date on it. It's only good for the end of this year. (laughs) So, so, so now that I've got the baby here, right? And this is where it, it gets really fun. If you have, if you've been around babies, then you understand that when you're talking uh, you're to other people, your, your baby is absolutely positive. You're talking to them and they're going to make some noises because uh, they're happy that someone's talking to them. So you're going to hear some cooing and some baby noises during this conversation that Jake, that really inspired this, uh, this podcast. And that particular conversation uh, was, um, well, Jake, you tell them about, you, you break down the execution stories coming our way. <laughs> So Donald Trump, like I, I, I will give I will give this man credit for like on his way out, like let's get as much done. Like for a guy that's convinced he didn't lose, like he's really scrambling to get a lot of stuff done real quick. You Makes know, you wonder what he could have done if he was really trying over the last four years. I know. Well, it's like it's like when you know you're about to get fired and you don't want people to see like all of the backed up work that's in your desk because it justifies the reason for you being fired. Like, <laughs> you know, when it's like all those reports you were supposed to put in that you never did, but you're always like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I don't know why they haven't received them. And it's like, yeah, they're in drawer three underneath, like underneath my box of tissues and my lollipops, you know, um, the, uh, I uh, what what a weird world where we're now we're now we're now bringing in the firing squads like new and oh and we're bringing back the electric chair which is cool like question about firing squads because now you're not allowed to you're no longer allowed to smoke in buildings anymore oh my gosh they're gonna have to have the execution within 25 feet of the of the front door because of John Beach of all people now everyone's got to go for a walk and just be like you know it's like tell me about the rabbits george instead of, instead of the blindfold they just you don't even realize you think you're getting out of prison that day like, like this is the day of your release and like and your best little prison mate and this is how you get time off for good behavior follows you down on your way out and just pops one in the back (laughs) the worst part is there's someone that comes and pops him in the back of the head too so he thinks both of them think they're getting out they've got to do electrocutions in uh in areas that have like the the proper uh fire disbursement techniques (laughs) they're gonna have god forbid they have sprinklers But if the but the second the like a person starts smoking like the 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 um the foam comes out you know and it's just <laughs> a dilemma. There's a there, 
It's a guy with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you know that that fire extinguisher is going to be like two years out of date. So there's going to have to be someone that comes in that stamps the little things on the card. Ah. Oh. It's an ordeal. It's hard to kill people these days. It's always a drag. It's always a drag. Yeah. Um, yeah. The um, I, yeah, the the firing squad. Like like I said, the the cool thing about it is a firing squad. I I don't know the exact amount. I think it's eight or twelve people. And supposedly some of them have re- real bullets and some of them have fake bullets. And that way, somehow, even though you know you may have the real bullet. You don't have to ha- have to hold that in your heart that you shot a man. Um, I, I've heard stuff like that regarding different methods of execution. Um, but I guess one of the things that um, kind of confuses me then is if we're, I mean, that's the person's job. Like they, how do you pay them all the same? Like, Ooh, cause to be an executioner, to be like the state executioner, for like whatever um you know it has to be a certain you know like there's a certain there are certifications you're gonna have to get right and to get those certifications you're gonna have to um you're gonna have to take some tests they're gonna have to probably send you to some schools they're gonna and and then there's gonna be like extra pay right so do you pay all of these guys like do you it's basically like you're giving them overtime right are you gonna give are you going to give everyone uh, that overtime to do it? And if you are going to give everyone that overtime to do it, or you're not, does um, does the person who doesn't realize that or, or that realizes they're not certified know, hey, like you guys, one of you guys flipped the switch because I'm not certified on that thing. And uh, you, you know, know that the guy, it's, it's like most of the, like the, the food service people, like, you know, they really don't have their actual safe serve, like, $10 document. What I want to know is like, how do you get that job? Do you just stroll into the job center one day and you see executioner on the, on like the little yellow piece of paper stuck to the wall. And you're like, yeah, economy's kind of tough right now. Give it a shot. I'm, I'm sure it happens that way. I'm, I'm also, or is it like something you like, is, is it something like when you, when you're a young child and your dad, you know, who makes like those weird little like crystal prism things that shoots the light on all different directions, um, has his little shop where he's trying to sell those at $5 a piece and you're struggling in your trailer. Do you, do you say, you know what? I want to kill people for a living, but legally. And like, like what kind of training does it take to get there? And then how do you apply for that? Like, honestly, like if you dropped I've worked at several places. I've been the manager of several places. If you dropped off a resume um, and it would have been way better than yours anyway, um, that says like, Hey, I'm really good at killing people in these different ways. You go like, you know what? This is the man for the job. Maybe there's a very specific like SAT score that unlocks that, right? Like, um, Oh, he (laughs) He got us. Is it going to be really high or really low? Like, we just. <laughs> yes. They're, I mean, they'll have them on both ends of the spectrum, right? And some will be like, <laughs> you're, oh. you're the genius that tells, that's like, hey, idiot, press that button. And then the electric chair goes on. <laughs> um, but then, like, 
But then on the other hand, you've got someone who's designing a more effective um, electric chair uh, that, I don't know, does something else that's really fucked up before they kill you. Um, well, it's, it's powered do, by lithium. Where do you, um, where do you stand on, uh, on executions? Like, where do you stand on, on that? Hmm. Um, I, um, I go back and forth, to be honest. Um, I think it's really anti-American in the traditional sense. I, I consider it cruel and unusual punishment. These people have done the people that get it um, have done horrible things. Some of them have been innocent too, by the way. Which is uh, that's my big argument. Like, if you kill someone who is innocent, like how many guilty people that you killed is it worth? Like, what's the ratio? Like, if I killed twelve guilty people and one innocent, like that's a that's a good margin of error. Um, we have the capability of. Uh, restricting these people and keeping them in cages for eternity until their actual natural death. And I like the idea that even though it costs us a lot of money as a society, I like the, the idea that people can continually appeal their case because we've learned over time that there's a lot of things that we've gotten wrong over the years. And part of doing that, in order to save money is going to be like nonviolent offenders don't need to be in jail. You know, people that haven't hurt anybody. Uh, with that, there, there are plenty of people that I think deserve to die. Do I think the government should have the ability to kill them? I don't know. Like I go back and forth. Like you, you show me a guy like Ted Bundy, like on one end, Ted Bundy absolutely deserved to die. On the other end, there's so much we could have learned from Ted Bundy. I, I think maybe as a prisoner, you should have the right to request an execution. But I think we are more than capable as long as we start removing nonviolent um, offenders, like people that haven't hurt anybody. If we started removing them from the prisons, I think we have the ability to keep these people in prison for life um i there's people i firmly believe there's people that deserve to die absolutely deserve to die i don't like the idea that it's the government that chooses who they are i on the other hand am absolutely pro-death right yeah i'm i'm pro-choice i'm pro-death penalty um if we're going to be transparent, I'm pro-war. But again, we need to be transparent about why we're doing it. Um, I don't know. I, I know that we get it wrong. But I know that's that's going to happen. What's your ratio? I mean, one is too, one is too many. Um, yeah. But... But it's not if you're pro-death. If you get one wrong in 2000... I think that's probably better than we're doing in just about anything else. One in 2000, like I, I could actually, I could almost settle for that. Cause like, you know, the person might've caught the Rona and died anyway, but um, the, yeah. What's it, and it's interesting that you said one in 2000, because generally um, when I speak to people, I get a, I get an answer of like one in three. One in seven, one in 12. 
And that sort of mentality freaks me out. A one in 2000, like I can, I, mistakes happen. Like that's, that's medical level mistakes too. Like Um, how many times does someone go in for a simple operation? And yeah. So I, I, that is one that I'm definitely good with. Um, But the other thing is, is like, I'd also, I'd also like to expand on it. Can we do the Acme style dip them in a vat of acid thing? We can, and that, here's the thing. If you're expanding what you can kill people for, right? Then you have to expand the methods. You could probably sell pay-per-views. Like I know George Carlin had a bit about like putting violent offenders in, in, in the, the square states and blocking them off. And I think that that's a good idea. But if you want to really make money in the society that we have, okay, a society that, and I'm guilty of this myself, over the last 20 years, we've basically been feeding ourselves uh, and, and our subconscious uh, Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty, right? So we've gotten really good at seeing um, <laughs> playful, explicit violence. But one of the things that we can do now um, is we can profit from that. Well, everyone used to show up to a hanging. Um, you know, that was that shit's entertainment. That's and there's yeah, no it's still fucking party. So if we have a if we have a, a person that you know the, the elders agree is a bad person for our village, right? This person has committed X amount of crimes. They're they're beating their kids and they're branding their wife and they're stealing cars and they're crashing them and they're hurting people Um, yeah but what did they do wrong um you know the 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 elders (laughs) when are you going to get to the crime so the elders have decided that this is the person that we're going to set on fire in the in the town square and and it reminds everyone in the town square just to be a little bit more polite it's christmas doggone it (laughs) i can understand why you're exhausted with editing (laughs) 